Before we get started with the show, here's a quick word from our sponsor, Global Training Center. As trade compliance professionals, you want to make sure that your procedures and documentation are completed as correctly as possible to avoid any delays and possible fines. We provide a range of trade compliance courses that will fit your needs. From in-person or web training to recorded on-demand courses, we can train one or even thousands on your team through your learning platform or on our portal. We can even customize a private session for your team. Go to globaltrainingcenter.com to find out more. So we have a software provider, first one of the day for us in the podcast. And uh, there's quite a few of them here. Oh, I know. But this is, but this will be first time here though, right? First time. Yeah. First time. We're new to the space. Awesome. Okay, yeah, and, uh, I did get your email. And I was like, I gotta talk to them. I'm, I'm also from a background. My, I was a. He's a fellow geek. Oh, yeah, how about I was that? in a software, uh, global trade software company oh. for 25 years. So. Okay. <laughs> so, so you actually are an expert. Well, no, I just know about software. I don't want to <laughs> say an expert just yet. So anyway, so we have Joe and Shannon from Quick Code. Quick Code. Okay. First off, because Quick Code is new to me. Talk to me and tell me what is Quick Code. Great question. So I think in order to understand Quick Code, you have to have a little bit of an understanding of our background. We uh, are experts in text classification and artificial intelligence as it applies to text classification. We have a product that is deployed in the intelligence community space. I have a pile of text. It needs value. We believe there's an opportunity in HS classification based on what we've seen. It's a hard problem to solve. Talk to a lot of people. And a lot of people have said, a machine can't do this, uh, only a human can do it. Mm-hmm. But we think that recent advances in uh, AI, and specifically in text classification and in natural language processing, make it the right time to try to do this again mm-hmm. at a very high level. Still human in a loop, still requires someone who has knowledge of classification, can't be done by a person off the street easily, it can be done, but not easily, still requires a human with knowledge. But to do it faster, more efficiently, more accurately in a replicable process uh, that improves the throughput. Okay, so Quick Code is you have a product that you've built based on AI technology, which is artificial intelligence technology. Correct. For those of us like me that are dumb as a box of rocks, I'm like, AI, okay, I, oh no, okay. Um, all right, so. With that, you said that uh, the, the challenges uh, have been there where uh, automatically classifying something based on a description, hence it runs through the, uh, the artificial intelligence, I would assume, has some kind of algorithm type programming, takes the data, runs through a database, comes back and says, okay, based on that, here's classification. Obviously in the past it has been where, uh, and, and as time goes on, people keep refining it. I get that. But in, in looking at it, to me, I think it's absolutely fantastic to utilize AI with the understanding that you got to have a human to make sure you, you can spot check it. You can go through it. You can look at every single one. You, but it, it would, in my opinion, and see if I'm right in this, it would be easier to look and see if you agree with the harmonized tariff number, so you're doing an audit of the software, then it would be to go from ground zero and classify it completely on your own. Correct. I'll let you answer that question. That's a really good point. Yeah, so, you know, as we started getting into this space, we talked to a lot of people and, and to understand the classification process. And, and, you know, from what we gather, it kind of works like this. You, 
you'll have the thing you're trying to classify, you read the schedule, you read the relevant rulings, you look at the explanatory notes, you synthesize all of that information, and you try to make your guess of what chapter, what section this particular product belongs in. Um, so given that, we uh, exploited the, the most recent uh, advances in language modeling in the AI space, all these large language AI models like ChatGPT that you may have heard of. Um, what was just, it? We'll say that one more time. ChatGPT. Chat ChatGPT. It's um, well, it's right, actually OpenAI. Open okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. OpenAI, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So just, oh, okay. just yeah. in the last several years, advances in language-based AI mm -hmm. and understanding natural language uh, have just really just taken over everything, and we are leveraging that technology to uh, allow our AI to, to use this understanding of language and we feed it with those sources that I previously mentioned, the text of the schedule, the text of the rulings, the text okay. of the notes, uh, bill of lading data, and, and that's all in the, in the model, in the AI model, and then when, mm -hmm. when the user comes and puts in their text description, it, it takes that, it feeds it through the model, and the, and the model tells it, these are the most likely codes that we think it might be, and then it asks the user a series of questions to resolve to exactly what, what code it is. And along the way, it, it can make a bunch of assumptions. It shows those assumptions to the user and allows them to say, oh no, that's not right, or yes, it is right. Um, and in the end, we can get a classification in less than 60 seconds, really doing the same process that the user would have done on their own, but there's no way that they can they could check all these sources and process all this information in that period, that speed of time. Okay, so as it goes through, I was going to ask, is like, okay, you were saying due to recent technolo uh, technological advances, um, you know, what, what's the difference? But you just hit it with the uh, differences in language, studying of the language. When you say language, let me ask this again. I'm dumb <laughs> here. You have to drop me a picture in here. Is as... In the way people are talking, in the way they're actually writing things out, where they type it out or something, or what? Yeah, well, specifically what these the way these large language models work is they're trained on large corpuses of data, specifically the entire internet. Okay. Right? They, they read the internet, and by doing so, they can really kind of understand the language. So that if, if you were trying to classify based on a keyword search, mm -hmm. you might put in the word, like say we use the hen, for example, like a hen's egg. Well, hen doesn't appear anywhere in the schedule. You'll never find anything. But, but the language model understands that when you say hen, what you really mean is chicken. Right. Be because it understands the language, and therefore uh, it'll find the, re the relevant section when, right. you, when you type in something that means so, something similar. Well, yeah, the one example that I used to like to use, and back in my day when I was with a company that did that, yeah. you couldn't say computer mouse because oh. they thought it was a mouse. But now you can. Right. You have to say optical computer de um, device so it can get you to where you want it to go or else it'll go to the live animals. Yeah, <laughs> right. exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah, it's in chapter one. Yeah. 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 All right. So let me recap that from a standpoint of this. The AI technology seems to be translating layman terms right. into usable text. Would that be a fair recap? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And but most importantly, you know, it, it's this sophisticated model mm -hmm. which is fed with an under, you know, basis is well, an understanding. I'm sorry, it's not. You know, I mean, yeah. it's, it's pretty. Yeah. I have to simple it, simplify. Sure, right. What's behind that is the complexity. Is I would hate to think what that code is like, right? 
<laughs> That's exactly right. And me too. I mean, because, in fact, we're building on top of these models that exist right. and are open source. And we've just taken these, these existing, you know, really, really powerful models and then trained them specifically in HS right. classification. Okay. All right. So with that, you're going through, actually, I, you know, some of the express carriers could probably utilize your... Uh, technology and it would probably help them a great deal because you wouldn't mad you could only imagine I mean my background I've had a long background with FedEx uh, and I am very familiar with both you know with FedEx UPS DHL and other express carriers in the express carrier market you have the classification of manifest uh, of manifest data if you will okay more specifically descriptions on the manifest which comes from the air bill. And there are so many things that are so bastardized, it's not even funny as far as the way people will write things out. Saying that, if your AI technology would be able to be applied in that realm, it could probably classify, even if it was 50% of the volume of shipments going through there, then that would say, People can then focus on the ones that the system's going, I don't know what it is, or it needs a human intervention. Okay, fine. But I see some great applications with that. So, you know, the question would be, could, it, could your software handle the volume? Well, the volume of transactions comes then back to the processors. Okay, fine. Then, you know, which is a whole other thing. Okay, so as we're going through this, why quick code? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I mean, there's, there's, you know, a lot of people that have been doing this. Some people have been doing it for two decades. Mm -hmm. um, what we think, the, the advantage that we think we bring is the, the really revolutionary changes that have happened in AI, specifically large language model AI, just in the past three years. Um, and it's moving so fast that if you have a product that's older than that, um, it doesn't take advantage of these, we think we have an opportunity to do better based so, on that. Aside from you guys, and after today that all your competitors are hearing this, um, you're the only ones built on AI? Not, not the only ones built on AI, but as far as we know, right. uh, we are the only ones that are taking advantage of these recent large language, okay. large language models. Yeah. Right, right. Okay. Well, yeah. That, okay. That's, that's okay. So, but after today, you'll have more competitors because uh, they're going <laughs> to hear this podcast. They're going to say, oh, that's, that's a great idea. I, well. I think another advantage that we bring is that we are, as of today, standalone product. Yeah. We've talked to a lot of, a lot of individuals uh, who are doing classification. And a lot of times that's all they need is help with the classification right. product. And they're... Perhaps their software, their compliance software, everything. absolutely. Yes. And maybe it provides classification support, and maybe it doesn't. And maybe it does, but you have to pay for it. Like all of the things. Right. Uh, I think standing alone for now is really um, going to make us more attractive in a right. lot of ways because it's. Let me tell you, we you saw how many people we had at our booth. They sat down, they used the product. Doesn't require a lot of training. Right. Doesn't require a lot of traversing screens oh, no, to yeah. get to it. You sit down, you classify, you right. walk away. We had a three-month implementation period for, you probably know. Yeah. <laughs> well, for, yeah, we live <laughs> yeah. So anyway, and but okay. So the other thing is, you have an open API to shoot it out to SAP, Oracle, all the guys, right? The short answer is not yet. The bigger. But that's answer the is, dream. Uh, okay. Well, then. and 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 it is the next thing. It has to be the next thing on the roadmap. We've talked to enough people who have said API. 
you know, we, we have to have, have an API. We want to integrate both we ways. Integrate the product. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Hearing and sending, right? Yes, absolutely. And because you also need, but is it also a classification um, solution, not just the classification software, meaning like you give your service providers access to make sure they verify the, the code? You, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, uh, I'm manufacturing oh. widgets, but I give my broker to give them just one more right. glance over and say, yep, that's good enough. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Cool. Yep. So, talk about QuickCode as a company. It's like, where are you? How's it starting? Is it a venture capitalist type deal? Is it uh, somebody <laughs> did this out of their garage and all of a sudden they're evolving? Well, it's if a you lot. didn't start in a garage, then I'm we not interested. We did not start <laughs> in a garage, but close, I will tell you. And I'll try to make it as, 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 uh, as short as possible so it's not painful for your listeners. But uh, QuickCode, the product, lived inside of a company uh, that was founded about six years ago that worked in the China misinformation and disinformation space. Mm. They evaluated Chinese social media for amplification of signal and for censorship of signal, specifically in social media. Chinese government, it's, it's well known, it's not a surprise. <laughs> they censor their social media. And what the Chinese government is interested in is of interest to the United States government. That, cool, that tool, QuickCode, lived alongside the subject matter experts and the data scientists who did that work. We mm. realized QuickCode had value outside right. of that space. So about. So you, you were able. To, you're, you're seeing. In other words, here's the code. You see the, the scenario and being able to apply it in something. Else, Another right? yeah. domain. Yeah. We spun it out two years ago. We ra- we knew we need to raise some money to give it some love because it was right. really homegrown for those China subject matter experts and data scientists. Spun it out, raised some venture, uh, and have been working now towards those very specific use cases where we think we can bring value. So. Uh, that company that we spun out of has also since been acquired. Great story for them. <laughs> and, you know, and we have raised our money and, and we're moving forward. So do you own the code itself of what QuickCode is then? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. yes. Yep. <coughs> so are you a brick and mortar place or what? what do, where are you headquartered? We're headquartered in Washington, D- in McLean, Virginia, in Washington, D.C., but we're remote by design and that mm-hmm. is for yeah. talent acquisition. Right. Uh, in Washington, D.C., the competition for engineers of high quality is unbelievable and it's hard for us it would be very hard for a small startup uh to attract the kind of talent right there because Mm -hmm. there's such demand so i reached out to joe first who i knew his skill set and um he also had a great group of engineers that worked with him and we have brought them on sort of slowly one by one so i feel really really proud of the work that we've done but it's based on the high quality of the engineering we have so what's your next step here as far as a company and your product you're obviously you're displaying here. Yeah. Are you in beta or you're already? <laughs> we're in beta right now. Okay. So we have about six more weeks of beta, I would okay. say. We're having a commercial. We hope to have a commercial, an MVP. We have an MVP now, right. I would say. But we have an MVP really yes. available in the next few weeks mm-hmm. uh, with some more features and then a commercial product by cool. the beginning of the summer. MVP. Minimal viable product. product. I'm okay. sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> so sorry. Hey, no, 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 no. Actually, I'm doing that on purpose. Yeah. We probably need to pull down the gain a little. Is that uh, that? Anyway. Um, as far as uh, for our listeners, mm-hmm. okay, I'm just yes. being a little bit of perfective. I know. Now, I'm using that as a cover for my own dumb idiocy. <laughs> like, you know, I'm not that smart. So, okay. So, um, with that, and, and, and as you're going through, uh, what about ICPA and, and displaying here? Have you had some good, uh, you know, feedback here? Have you had some, has this been good for you or what? 
I've done a lot of trade shows in my life, and uh, this has been the best experience for me. Good. Because uh, we have a great story to tell, mm -hmm. best story I've ever had to tell, and we've got a lot of people that are really interested, and we don't even have a product yet. I mean, right. We, we do have a product. We don't have, you know, we're not selling it yet. Yeah. And uh, so it's just been really tremendous. Did the timing of ICPA kind of like... Accelerate this a little bit more. Well, we, we, someone had turned us on to ICPA. Yeah. Someone right. had said um, uh, that ICPA is the place you need to be. And so we I, I used that as a place to drive to. Yeah, yeah. I agree. We had yeah. no idea. To be clear, we didn't, we didn't know. But we said, okay, we'll take advantage of that. Yeah. Well, to have this many compliance-related people in one conference is phenomenal. This is a great business opportunity for companies and in the sales and all those kinds of things and <clears throat> so I would say this has always been a very good one to generate sales generate sales uh, I mean sales interest if you will and all that so um, you know that, that would be one of those things hopefully you're over there like this is new you know even from an investment perspective but I would say um, one of your markets in my personal opinion as I just said uh, you need to be knocking on the door of the express carriers, yeah. all the three ones. Yeah. Uh, the, the other thing would be potentially with um, the um, EAA, the Express Association of America, uh, is a good organization that's you know, in that on a global scale, but it, you know, in the U.S. It, it, as well. So there's some great advice, a pearl. Thanks for the pearl. <laughs> there you go. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's like this is one of those things too. There's lots of competition out here. There's, a, I, I see a, 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 um, maybe another scenario here. What about utilizing your software? It, would it be possible at some point to look at it and say, okay, I've got a website. I'm, I'm. Let's say it's uh, somebody that is. Uh, uh, I don't know. They're they're offering uh, you know online um, sales, mm -hmm. okay? Yep. E-commerce. E-commerce. Yep. As they're filling out, say, I want to order this and this and this. Would your system be able to take that and help classify those goods in that kind of a scenario? So if we think about the segment, the segment of the market, the segments of the market, right? There's the customs brokers, the three P, the three, the third-party logistics providers, the freight forwarders. There's that group. There's importers. Certainly, the e-commerce providers are a segment of the market. They will require some more specialized integration, if we think about how many there are. So mm -hmm. it's also not the segment of the market that we want to go after first because customs compliance, whether it's a broker, et cetera, they, they have the operators on the ground with high volume. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to write, really make sure we have the AI fine-tuned. That AI needs right. to be the best it can be if we're going to win this game. Right. Uh, we know that. So, yeah. <laughs> Nice. Well, I was going to say with the the Descartes and the, the what used to be I don't know if they still call it Customs Info or not. They still refer to it as that. Yes, is uh, they they have a excellent excellent product, but this would be one of those things I could I could see would even enhance it. So there may be some other things. So anyway, saying all that again, you're a startup. You're 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 out there. You're looking at knocking on doors to say, hey, you know, we we've got a new product or potential product. Yep. Where are the applications that you could put into it? So I see all kinds of things that you yeah. can do. With this. Yeah. 
I will say this has really been an amazing experience. The community has been so warm mm -hmm. and so generous with their time. So many people have have just right sat right down in front of the computer right. and tried it out. Uh, and it's really been very beneficial. And you know, it's we're working on it, right? Not everything classifies perfectly. Oh, no. It's, mm. We don't have the perfect product yet. Right. Uh, that's why we rely on beta testing, right? To right. say where are the holes. So, yeah. But the, the experience so far, even after one day, well, it's really has been great. It's catching a lot of people's attention. I mean, right now, we had that speaker on over there, and that lady over there heard uh -huh. it and uh -huh. asked for your information oh, and, and started taking pictures of your business card. So I'm telling you, it's very appealing. Yeah. So. Terrific. That's terrific. We're really grateful. It's yeah. exciting. Yeah, yeah. it's exciting for us. Yeah. It's exciting for our whole team. Oh, yeah. Uh, they really have I bet. What would be your biggest challenge here as far as your next step goes? I don't know. Jody? That's a good question. I mean, uh, you know, we, we have features that we need to add, right? We, do, we really do one thing, uh, and we do it pretty well. We want to do it perfectly. Um, but we also, people are like, well, does it do this? Not yet. Does it do that? <laughs> Not yet. So, you know, uh, just kind of getting our arms around what is really the, the right feature set and figuring out how to get the thing into the market right? right getting what's the channel to get to our our buyers that's really i think the biggest challenge right. for us you know and to that point i've talked to quite a, a few people here who are interested in being design partner type which is mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. help us figure out what is the most valuable right next feature or set of features to put on we have ideas because that's we're idea people and that's what we do but we are not the people on the ground and i'll tell you just watching people use the product hugely beneficial oh yeah you get tons of ideas there oh, yeah. anyway yeah. you've already been like yeah we gotta fix that yeah we gotta fix that but also what is the where is the best investment because that's where we're going to be the most successful right well, all right so by chance do you have a patent on this a good good question uh so as it happens i am married to an intellectual property yeah it worked out really well um and so the the short answer is no but the the more extended answer is we're absolutely looking at it okay. uh, we need to protect our ip absolutely mm -hmm. and we do believe we have protectable ip yeah so, okay yeah. all right as you're going through you literally i mean another idea that comes to mind again I'm just a dumb country. Pearls. Here, I'm taking right? all your pearls. Absolutely, Andy. <laughs> Every one of them. But the, the scenario there would be potentially to license what you've got. Yeah. And open it up so that you don't have to add all those features. Others will do it, and they plug and play right. yeah. into yeah. your yeah. scenario. There. Absolutely. Um, but I would imagine that with your investors, they're like, okay, you know, where, where, where's the ROI here? So you want to turn that as quickly as you can, get them paid back, and then, you know, move on to the scenario there. But... Uh, all said and done, I see some phenomenal opportunities, right. uh, even from a marketing standpoint, because the other scenario here is you're right now developing this, it sounds like, from a U.S.-centric perspective. Absolutely. But then the other application here is then, then replicating this, you know, European, like French or, or, or France, or excuse me, or you know, Canadian, Canadian French and all that, you know, or Mexico, whatever. I see the scenarios there. I don't know the challenges uh, as ignorant as I am, uh, on um, how to replicate that language model in other languages. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, well, I will tell you that's a challenge um, because really kind of the, the largest and the most, the most capable of these language models are English. But, uh, you know, having seen the success that, that researchers in the U.S. have had with this, there are language models in all of the languages of the earth and so it's just really a matter of plugging in the right language base model 
and, and then training on the specific uh, relevant HS code of whatever mm-hmm. you know, uh, country or in the case of the EU organization that you're, you're really intending to sell well, to. Well, let's take it a step further. It's like, again, from a strategic perspective, uh, as if I really know what I'm doing here. I mean, I'm, the other thing is I, you've got English within the U.S. Uh, U.S. and Canada would be very, very similar, and if not almost identical. But then there's going to be a difference in the U.K., let's say, yep. or in Australia, uh, in New Zealand, and other English-speaking countries. But the English, I, I would imagine, though, you, you would be able to use those language models and modify them easier then literally say, now let's go to Dutch or you know German or uh, uh, whatever else, you know, Swahili or whatever it is. Uh, but again. Uh, so, well, to, I'll just say something about that. Two things. Number one, uh, Joe said, as Joe said, they're, the language models, they're catching up to all the languages. Mm-hmm. Everyone on the planet, mm-hmm. you know, English is not the only language. And right. you can imagine the big, there are uh, languages all over the world that are spoken with a lot of frequency, even more than English, and they mm-hmm. are training models, the same right. kind of model in those languages. But to circle back to what I originally started with was, we got our start, not in English, but in Chinese and in Russian. Mm-hmm. So we actually have experience working in those intelligence community languages, of course, in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a challenge for us, but it's not one that we actually are afraid of. I will right. say, you know, we have experience in that space. So. So where are you going? It's like, are you looking at hopefully uh, going public with your company, or just growing it, or what? <laughs> or is that too early? I it's think it's a little early. early. Yeah. I just, I think our investors will be happy if we get some traction in this product and uh, probably go through another round of funding. Mm-hmm. Although so where now are you right is a now? Just time. seed round, or we got seed, yeah, yeah. But we have customers too, so we have some. We do and have not, some be, revenue. So yeah. no Series A yet. No Series A okay. yet, well, but yeah. Good yeah. luck, hopefully. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, they'll be they. That, you know, that's kind of where we are. But who knows? Who knows what will happen, right? Has yeah. this been your first uh, conference to kind of show what you've got here? Oh, fantastic. Well, kudos to ICPA then. Yes. Let's just say that's that's actually exciting. It's a little historical here. Yeah. So I do have, I I would like to say one shout out, which is there's a a woman that Joe and I spoke with a while ago who kind of gave us this idea. I've never met her. I don't think she's here. Um, But she is a consultant with FTI Consulting, Courtney Styers. She is the person who said, I think your technology could be used in this place called Harmonized Tariff Classification. We'd never heard of it before. Yeah. So shout out to Courtney because that really is the place where we got the idea. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, no, and thanks to ICPA. Really, they, like I said, the community has been great. We've had a great reception, right. and uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well, your booth was pretty uh, active. Yeah, I loved it. Was, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it really was. We felt really great. We are really grateful. So, yeah. Good job. All right. Good job. Thank you. All right, folks, we're wrapping up for uh, day this, one. Uh, so, Everybody's going. Yeah. Meeting. They're going. Like, we need to go get out of here and go eat. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. Have a good day. Have a good Thank one. Thank you very much. Bye. Thank you very much for joining us. Simply Trade is brought to you by the generous contributions of Global Training Center. You can follow the show and GTC on LinkedIn or Twitter and other social networks. Make sure you check out the show notes in the description for a full rundown of today's show with all the important links. Also, make sure that you share this with a friend and subscribe on your favorite streaming platform. We really like hearing from you. 
If you enjoyed the show, make sure to rate and review wherever you listen to this podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest in the show or would like to sponsor Simply Trade or suggest any topic you would like for us to discuss, please contact us via email at simplytrade at globaltrainingcenter.com or you can DM us on Twitter at SimplyTradePod. Thank you again for the privilege of your time. Happy trading. Simply Trade is not a law firm or an advisor. The topics and discussions conducted by Simply Trade hosts and guests should not be considered and is not intended to substitute legal advice. You should seek appropriate counsel for your own situation. These conversations and information are directed towards listeners in the United States for informational, educational, entertainment purposes only and should not be substituted for legal advice. No listener or viewer of this podcast should act or refrain from acting on the basis of information on this podcast without first seeking legal advice from counsel. Information on this podcast may not be up to date depending on the time of publishing and the time of viewership. The content of this posting is provided as is. No representations are made that the content is error-free. The views expressed in or through this podcast are those of the individual speakers, not those of their respective employers or Global Training Center as a whole. All liability with respect to actions taken or not taken based on the contents of this podcast are hereby expressly disclaimed.